You are listening to Power Talk with Dr. Norman Thomas, sponsored by New Life Church International, a church for all nations. portrait of the church. What does the church look like and how should it look today? And so I'm just going to just share with you some thoughts. It, it, it was uh, not easy kind of putting these ideas together for me this time because it just forces you into a, a, a new paradigm of thinking that you are the church. Just look around, look around and look at one another. Come on, look at somebody, look at somebody and you're looking at the church. That's what you're doing. You're looking at the church. When you look at another person that is a believer in Christ, you're looking at the church. It, this is not the church, this building. That should have been a lesson that we've learned. That the building is not the church. The pastor is not the church. We all collectively, we are the church. We're it. And that church is created to express God to the world, to humanity, to the world. And that's one of the reasons why um, I, my heart is so strong in, 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 the, in, the, in the concept of loving one another and getting past our differences, whether they be uh, religious differences, theological differences, racial differences, political differences, those differences are very minute when it comes to who we are as the church. They're supposed to take a back seat. Your, your philosophy in life is supposed to take a back seat to your identity in Christ. The color of your skin is supposed to take a back seat to your identity in Christ. Amen. But don't just three people clap. Everybody clap. If you're going to clap, just everybody clap. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to take a back seat. So, because here's what Jesus says. Father, he says, the only way the world is going to know that I'm real and I'm true is going to be based on the love that your children show towards one another. He says, that's the validation that I've been sent. That's the validation that I'm real. So I want to read a scripture, and then we're going to talk about the picture of the church in this particular picture. Now, it says in Mark chapter 2, verse 1, it says, A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, which is where he lived, the people heard that he had come home. So... This sounds like this was at his house. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door of the house. And he preached the word to them. And some men came bringing him, a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get in to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the man, or lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, there's a picture that I asked them to put up for you. 
that's kind of hard to make out. Uh, but this picture, I don't know if you can put it up on the big screen also, but this picture, because everybody can't see the, the monitor here. Yeah. This picture is an image of what that could have possibly looked like. You see the man on the stretcher being lured by the other men. Now just leave that up for a second because I want you to look at the men carrying the man. This is a picture of the church. This is a portrait. This is, this is an image. This snapshot is a snapshot of the church in terms of introducing those in need to the one that can fulfill that need. Okay? Look how supportive they are. Now, there's probably a storyline behind this because how did those four men get recruited? How in the world did these four men come into agreement and come on the same mind to carry this one man to Jesus? I, I, and I want to, I'm assuming now, this is not in the Bible, but I'm just drawing this thing out in my mind. It, I'm thinking it was the faith of the man on the stretcher who was in need and sought help. He's seeking help and, he, and the church responds to that need and brings that man to Jesus. Okay? To me, this is a picture of the church. So, who's the church? We are. Okay. So, who's the man on the stretcher in your life? Okay. Who's the man on the stretcher in your life? You may say, Pastor, I need a stretcher. <laughs> well, I could say we probably all need a stretcher to some degree or another. But that doesn't excuse the fact that we also need a man on a stretcher in our lives. If you understand that, put your hands together and give the Lord praise. Okay, you can release that photo now. So the, the point here is that at the house, there were people gathered around the house. Let's just say we translate that, that, that image to today. That means that there will be people outside the doors, let's say, of, the, of this building. Maybe cars lined all the way down Goche Road, all the way down to Lake Street, trying to get in. Because there's not, not an inch, uh, not a square inch of space available in this, in this house Amen. to hold them. And so they're waiting in line to come in, like the people were at that, at that house waiting in line to come in. Why were they waiting in line? They were waiting in line because of people like those four men who had people on stretchers in their life. This man was literally on a stretcher, but I would probably be safe to say that most of the people in the house were people on stretchers. People in need, people desiring a better life, a better way, people desiring peace in their minds, being able to sleep at night, 
desiring health in their bodies, desiring clarity in terms of their destiny and things like that. Not just people who just felt like they needed and had to go to church. The house wasn't full of those folk. The house was full of people who desired to be there because they had need to be there because the church showed them the way to the house. Okay? So when we look at what we're supposed to look like and, and how we're supposed to move forward, that has to be an element of the portrait. That has to be a part. We have to, we, and, and here's what I believe. Uh, if I need a stretcher, I believe my stretcher will come as I create one for another. That I don't lose sight of the fact that even though I may need a stretcher, I still have something to offer. I still have something to give to someone else in my world of influence. There are people around you in your life there are people around you, whether in your home, whether at work, whether in your social circle, your social world, people that you know, people that God passed before you every single day, and you have something to give them. But we sometimes get so consumed with our own stretcher, we fail to be or to create a stretcher for those that need it. You see... Being busy is not, is, not a good, is not a good excuse. Being busy is not a good excuse because we're not supposed to be so busy that we're not busy creating a stretcher for those that need Christ. If you understand that, say amen. amen. Okay, let's look at another example, and I'm almost done. Can you believe that? Mark chapter 4, verse 30. Mark chapter 4, verse 30. It says, finally, Jesus said, so what is this kingdom of God? What is this church and what should it look like? He says, what story can I use to explain it? Or I'm going to say, what story can I use to portray it? How can I portray what this is supposed to look like? He says, here it is. It's, it's like what happens when a mustard seed is planted. When a mustard seed is planted in the ground, it is the smallest seed in all the world. But once the seed is planted, it grows larger and than any garden plant, and it puts out branches that, there are, that, uh, that are big enough for the birds to nest in its shade. Now, I'm calling this portrait uh, refuge, refuge or sanctuary, refuge or sanctuary. The first one, I forgot to tell you what I called it. Relentless support. Because those four men were, relent were very relentless in their support of this man on the stretcher. And they got him to Jesus. Well, this one, I'm calling this one refuge, or you could say sanctuary. A place of safety, a place of rest, even a place of uh, provision. He says... You become great in the garden. In other words, your influence increases in the world. Whose influence? Yeah, the church. And who's the church? We are. You are. Say, I am. I am. That, was, that sounded like uh, about 75% of you. Let me get the people online to join us. I want you all to say it too. All right. 
Let's all say it together. Who's a church? I am. Yes, you are. He says, and when you are planted, when you are planted, you become stronger, you grow. Again, though, the idea of you being planted makes you look beyond yourself. It requires you to see past your own personal need to become a provision for someone else. But what happens when you plant it? You become stronger. In other words, you resolve your issues by becoming the source, the, the, the resource of strength for someone else. This is a picture of the church. This is a portrait of the church. He says, when that seed, which is you, become, uh, is planted, it grows up and becomes stronger, stronger than all the other herbs in the garden. In other words, your influence develops. Your influence, your power of persuasion grows. Your, your, your ability to be a resource of strength and stability and foundation becomes stronger so that someone else can lean on your strength. The birds of the air can rest on the branches that you produce out of your, out of, out of your growth. And they, and they can find a place of safety, a place of provision, a place of refuge, because you're strong. Why? Because you're planted. For more inspiration, visit our YouTube channel at Dr. Norman Thomas.